It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Hi, Melissa. How are you? Good. Whenever you act like that, I'm scared that you're going to play a prank on me. <laughs> well, because that's just traditionally what happens. Um, I do have a quick question for you. Okay. You'll indulge. I will. Would you ever consider giving out your social security number to like, I don't know, billions of people? Uh, no. Okay. Well, I want to <laughs> speak the truth because if anyone were to do that, it would 112% be you. You would think like, I don't, whatever, they're not going to use it. Well, I'd probably just pay t- not pay attention to what they were asking me for. And I would just give them my social and then, yeah. Like literally, if you called her and you were like, hey, can I have your social? She would just rattle it off and then be like, oh shit, what did I just do? I'd realize it later <laughs> uh-huh. after my life was stolen. Yep. Well, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't give mine out. But the CEO of LifeLock, one of the nation's largest identity theft protection companies, did just that to prove how amazing his company was at protecting one's identity. Well, that was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's just dive in and see if it was stupid or if it was freaking amazing. So he plastered his social security number along with a challenge to actually steal his identity across the country. Now that is ballsy. It is. And this story is so interesting to me because I remember it unfolding. LifeLock is based right here in Tempe, Arizona. And so the year was 2007. I was actually just two years into my professional career. And I remember how insane this whole ordeal was. You were here, right? I was here, but I don't remember paying attention to it. Yeah. I don't. I didn't start reading the news till like <laughs> till this I year. Told you to start reading it. <laughs> Until my mom's like, "Do you don't know what's going on in China? You should be aware of the world." So now I read the news every morning, and it's depressing. And then you send me random shit, and I'm like, "Can you please not ruin my day?" Oh, I know it's so depressing. <laughs> I like. I'm gonna go back to not reading the news. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, at its core, LifeLock system monitors its millions of customers for identity theft the use of personal information, and credit score changes. And I mean, I use LifeLock. You probably use it. Like, I think we're all used to, like, having to have this kind of service in our lives today. It's 2021. Like, this shit happens all the time. Okay, you don't have it. Clearly, (laughs) you're going to see it in your face. Anyways, I do. The company was founded in 05 by Todd Davis and another guy named Robert Maynard. So Robert actually began his career by founding the internet service provider Internet America in the late 90s. And Todd worked for Dell, and he did a bunch of other stuff. Like, he was a serial or is a serial entrepreneur. Okay. Can we just refer to him as Maynard? (laughs) I'll see if I can remember that. (laughs) It is kind of a cool last name. As you and I both know very well, some of the greatest companies, I mean, that are successful start out of a real problem the entrepreneur had themselves, right? Like, you and I think of random shit every day that we're like, this would solve, like, so many problems for us. And I think the best stuff starts that way. Exactly. So this was definitely the case for Robert Maynard. I'll really try, but I'm going to stick with Robert, I think. (laughs) Robert said he got the brilliant idea for LifeLock after he was arrested and spent a week in jail in 03 because someone stole his identity. Crazy. Yeah. 
So the way Roberts told the story to the press was that sometime in 03, he answered his door in Phoenix one day, and on the other side were a number of officers, and they had a warrant for his arrest, which that fucking sucks. That's horrible. My biggest fear. I saw that movie Eraser one time, and I'm like, you would never get out of it. It's freaky. I haven't seen the movie, but I know that you have a lot of unpaid tickets. <laughs> so- Shh. Don't tell people. There's okay. a lot of people listening, I okay. think. <laughs> Maybe to their parents at this point, but we'll see. Um, so they accused him of failing to pay a $16,000 casino loan to the Mirage in Las Vegas. And as a side note, I had no idea they gave out casino loans. Like, that sounds like a disaster. I th- I, I've heard of it because, you know, you bet and you gamble and then you you just dig yourself a deeper hole. That's how they make money. That's crazy. It's crazy. Well, Robert told the police the loan wasn't his, but they took him to jail anyways. Turns out he claims he wasn't even in Vegas, and apparently he could prove it, when the loan was taken out. So he was released seven days later, and he claims to have spent 20 grand and countless hours on the phone trying to clear up his name. He ended up finding out his identity was stolen, and he said that during those seven days in jail is where he came up with this idea for LifeLock. So other people could avoid being victimized by identity theft. Why was he in seven days? That's freaky. I know. It It sounds a little... I mean, it's the fishiness that you're feeling is... I'm feeling some fishiness, yeah. ...might be warranted. Let's just wait till I get to that point, okay? Okay. But honestly, truthful or not, like, that's an amazing brand story, right? Yeah. Like, that he concepted the idea in jail when his identity was stolen. Like, I love that. Is that the brand story? I mean... (laughs) I, I, to be fair, I don't think it's the actual brand okay, story. Because I, think- I would advise against <laughs> including the in-jail part. <laughs> Still, it, it was a good reason to start the company. So Robert realized that if credit bureaus were better about warning people right away of identity theft, that this type of crime could totally vanish. So he felt that credit bureaus actually are selling your information, so they don't want to issue fraud alerts because that could potentially expose poorly executed security practices that really fail to ensure privacy. And he thought that that's exactly why it's not done properly at that time, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So they started LifeLock. And really, I mean, it was a great idea. Brilliant. I'm surprised they didn't have something like that before. Yeah, I mean. 2007? Maybe there was some things, but like no one did it as big. So with all the marketing and the launch of the product, they led with Robert's story. And the product totally made sense to people. It really stoked the public's worst fears of identity theft. And even though identity theft isn't necessarily a crime of violence, like victims are left feeling so violated. Like, can you imagine? Yeah, you're, I mean, everything's taken from you. You don't even know who you are. Remember when I was buying my house with Mark, the first house that we really bought together, right before we were going to close, our Amex ended up having like $13,000 of fraud from like St. Martin or something crazy. And it like potentially could have destroyed our ability to actually close on the home. Thankfully, Amex had their shit together by that point and like helped us work through it. But I mean, it feels crazy. I I mean, I'm just thinking of things I need to do. I need to do some (laughs) passwords. (laughs) Yeah, you do because everyone knows your passwords. So one article said that nationwide, the problem is huge and costs like at least $50 billion. So customers who signed up for LifeLock paid like 10 bucks a month and LifeLock would handle the credit monitoring to get ahead of any potential fraud and literally stop it in its tracks. Yeah, which by the way, $10 a month is brilliant. I mean, people sign up no brainer. So the reoccurring revenue on that is insane. Totally. 
The company was immediately getting a ton of positive press. Todd and Robert were like the Avengers. They were like fighting crime, fraud, left and right, and like the world just loved them. I know you're picturing, I know I what know. you're picturing right now. You're picturing yourself in an Avengers costume. I am. Kick, kicking crime. So it didn't take long after launching the brand that Todd and Robert wanted to make an even bigger splash. I mean... What's bigger than that? I mean, well, once you get a, like, a little taste of that kind of buzz and you see what it can do, like, you're just so hungry for more. Oh, that's my problem. <laughs> my ideas get crazier and crazier. Yep. So, good thing I have you to reel me in. I know. Yeah, we're, we're good together. <laughs> the company was confident that they would get a ton of earned media, so like free press coverage, and they would build consumer awareness and confidence in the company if they showed just how confident they were in their own product. So what better way to do that than to plaster your social security number and all of your private information with an invitation to attempt to steal your identity on literally buses, billboards, ads, TV commercials, social media posts. Did it say like this is a social security number or it was just like people knew? Oh no, it said. It said, this. hi, I'm Todd Davis. This is my social security number. Steal my identity. If you've ever worried about identity theft, it's time you got to know LifeLock. I'm Todd Davis, and I'm here to prove just how safe your identity can be with LifeLock. That's my real social security number. <laughs> Is he serious? You're nuts, man. Can you believe this? Leading the way in identity theft prevention, LifeLock helps keep your personal information safe, even in the wrong hands. This is crazy. If anything happens for any reason while you're a client of LifeLock, we will cover all losses and all expenses up to $1 million. A million dollars. You're going to protect me for a million dollars? So call now or go online. Guarantee your good name today. Someone oh steals my, my identity. I mean, and also when you see those, what is it, seven digits, like you know it's a social. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Wait, it's more than seven. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, yeah. four, five, nine. six, seven, eight. Eight. Four, no, nine. You're right. <laughs> Wow. I'm that's better what, at math, clearly. That's why I'm in PR. So that's what LifeLock did, okay? Todd Davis seriously put himself out there. He published his social security number on the sides of cargo trucks in New York City, in full-page ads, like I said, on his website, like everywhere. Do you think he was like at home just drinking wine, enjoying his life, like confident? Or do you think he was like shaking in his boots? I assume he was beyond confident. I think this guy like really has all the confidence in the world. Maynard. No, oh, no, well, Maynard too, but this was Todd. Okay, so. But Maynard did some good convincing over there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, when we hear more about Maynard, you'll, you'll get into that. So the ads claimed that LifeLock makes your personal information useless to criminals. Pretty bold. Pretty bold. Yeah. So they actually went so balls to the wall with the whole campaign that sources say they spent millions on ads just to broadcast Todd's social security number. I mean, most of the ads featured Todd, and I, like, you should Google him. We'll probably put a picture up on our Instagram. But he has, like, shiny white teeth and short blonde hair and a beautiful custom-tailored suit. And he just was, like, flashing his confidence to the world. And then it had his social security number next to him. So I just want to know, like, what do you think happened? You know what? I just Google the ad. And it's, like, kind of a cheesy ad. Yeah. Well, so criminals definitely would have taken yeah. that. 
But do you think it worked? Like, what do you think happened? Like, we all know LifeLock's still in business, right? I don't know. This is pretty crazy. Okay, well, let me tell you, Alexis. Todd used a lot of teeth whitening. That's all I got to tell you. (laughs) Well, Todd's identity was successfully stolen 13 times. So he acknowledged in an interview with the Associated Press that the stunt led to 87 instances in which people attempted to steal his identity and 13 succeeded. Oh my gosh. I know. It was actually the Phoenix New Times here in our home state who claims to have broken the story wide open in June 07. The new time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they leak a story one way they, or the other. They always crack yeah. a story. Yeah. So news leaked that the Phoenix New Times published that a man in Texas had used Todd's ID to take out a $500 loan. And Todd had no idea about the loan until it went unpaid. And actually, it was sent to collections, and a rep called his wife's cell phone to collect. Oh my God. His, his wife knew that this was stupid all along. Women always know. <laughs> So in the months that followed, LifeLock and Todd worked really hard to spin the story. They actually claimed that this was the only incident, but... Oh, Todd. It Todd was and not. Maynard. No. They were freaking out. Or so, just Todd. I don't know. We'll see. So in October 07, someone in Albany, Georgia, opened an AT&T wireless account using Todd's info. So AT&T eventually cut off the thieves' account because they didn't pay the bills. Of course. <laughs> clearly. And a collection agency reached out to Todd to recover $2,390 of debt. And, of course, Todd had no idea about it because it wasn't his. So that was just... Todd, you're not getting notifications, aren't, like, again, fishy. From your own company that's monitoring your Your own own data? Like, no, no notifications. He had no idea. So that was just the start. I mean, the floodgates opened after that. There was a Verizon account in New York for about 200 bucks a Texas utility account for like 120, a nearly $600 unpaid bill to Credit One Bank, and this one's kind of sad, $300 bill to a gift basket company, which probably is like a small mom and pop that lost that 300 bucks, you know? Shady. So the Phoenix New, Tw- New Times reporter Ray Stern said in his story that Davis's personal ID hadn't been merely abused, it had been gang raped. Wow. Yeah. Of course, they use that term. <laughs> yeah, and it's true. I mean, I think it's pretty accurate. <laughs> and what's just as bad as the claims of false advertising is that the company tried to cover up the theft until it was impossible to cover up, which made the whole thing a total shit show. Like, you got to be honest. You got to be upfront. You got to accept responsibility right away when, like, you made a mistake and you didn't catch something, right? Of course. So... Do you want to know what was unfolding in the press, like, right around the same time that this stunt was unraveling? What? It's about your favorite character in this story. Maynard. Yeah. So the media found out that LifeLock's other founder, Robert Maynard, had kind of like a weird business history. Like, really weird. Wait, was this in New Times again? I mean, they did report on it, but it's I have all a ton of sources on it. So... He previously had a credit repair company that was shut down by authorities in the early 1990s. So there was a court order that banned Robert from working in the credit repair industry forever. Like, Todd didn't know this. But also, like, LifeLock is in the credit repair industry. Like, they didn't run it on their own? I guess not. I didn't really investigate you before I became partners with you. <laughs> you didn't investigate me. You That's never know. True. So in case you haven't put two and two together yet, LifeLock, like I said, like is in the credit repair business. So 
That's not even the worst of it. Apparently, his story about having his identity stolen with that casino loan was partially untrue. Like, it, the truth part is that he did spend a week in jail for a $16,000 loan, period. This is Maynard. Oh. Can you tell? He looks like a casino loan yeah. guy. I'll, we'll post that picture. Cool. The untrue part is that it was him, okay? The casino took a copy of his Arizona driver's license when he took out the loan. So there was no I identity. I thought there was proof. There was, I, you know what, lady? Oh, poor Todd. There was no identity theft. I mean, when this came out, Robert resigned from the company, which that was the, the only smart thing he did in this entire shit show of a stunt. Good. Poor Todd. I, I'm serious. Look at Todd. He just looks like a trusting guy with white teeth. Don't feel so bad for Todd yet because, like, he's fine. <laughs> and we'll talk about okay, it. Good. Okay. So in case you didn't catch on by now, like, the stunt was a total nightmare. LifeLock was nailed by the FTC. It had to pay $12 million to settle charges of failing to protect consumer information and deceptive advertising. So the FTC called the company on claims that it could guarantee it would compensate customers a million dollars for losses incurred if they became a victim after signing up for the service. Oh my God. How many people did they have to pay? Well, they didn't have to pay anyone because they never planned on it. They had to pay the FTC a shit ton of money. So, I mean, they really essentially accused LifeLock of operating a scam. So it gets even better, if you can imagine. Apparently, LifeLock failed to pay their initial fine of $12 million. So the FTC reopened an investigation and nailed them for a ton of more crazy shit. They determined that LifeLock failed to meet their product performance guidelines, so they had to pay $100 million. Where did they get $100 million? I mean, they raised a lot of money for the company, and they yeah. were—I I don't know how they got it at the time, but I mean, from what I could find, that's the largest fine ever to the FTC. So this was around 2015 when, like, all this kind of happened, and at that time, you know, when the failure to pay the first fine and the second fine, Todd actually resigned his position as CEO, which probably is smart. smart. But like I told you, not to worry about him. His current net worth, according to Wikipedia, is just like. 221 million. Just like 221 million. Yeah. So he's not slumming it. Like he's probably freaking sitting in his penthouse condo. I don't know where. Smiling with those white teeth. Yeah. Smiling with those white teeth. But it hasn't been quite the same fate for, for Maynard, for your buddy. He declared bankruptcy and then he started another company where he burned through millions of investor dollars until it totally flopped just last year in early 2020. So people actually gave him money, invested in another concept after he lied, right? Maynard must be like a good salesman. I mean, his... Mm, he doesn't look like a good no, salesman. No, I was going to say. I'm trying not to be mean, but like, he looks like a creeper. So while the stunt did really wreck Todd's and the company's reputation, and it cost the company quite a bit of cash, I mean, the company went on to thrive for the most part. Todd defended the campaign like years after it happened. He was quoted saying, we were trying to make the point that all it takes is one data breach. The point of that campaign was to take proactive steps to protect your identity. I mean, the good thing was he probably investigated their software and it just is bulletproof now. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, they had, I mean, they had to, to be able to stay in business, right? So I actually read that Lavage a mid-sized advertising agency here in Phoenix did all of that advertising for the campaign. I don't know why this face. <laughs> it's just, I think advertising has just come so far in the past, like, 
10, 15 years since that campaign was developed. Like, it really wasn't, in my opinion, didn't look amazing, even though the concept was, like, kind of revolutionary. But maybe it was meant to look like cheesy ad, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Perhaps. So <laughs> the agency actually never gave any comment that I could find in any of those stories. So I'm assuming they really wanted to, like, distance themselves from, like, as far as they could from it, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, wonder because, if they got in trouble at all. Well, the fact, False advertising. Yeah, false advertising. Like, you would think that they both got in trouble, but I couldn't find anything. So huh, I don't know. And Lavage is still around and, like, successful today from what I can see. So what do you think? Like, was it a good stunt or a bad stunt? Bad stunt. Maynard. I just love that name. <laughs> I know. I do, too. <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, it's a great, like, excellent concept. Like, really bold. I mean, crazy cool. Unfortunately, their product wasn't bulletproof, so it totally failed. So, like, in reality and in execution, like, No. No, I mean, if the product was great, it would have been awesome. Yeah. Totally. But you have to make sure your product <laughs> is perfect before you do something before like that. Before you spend millions in advertising to really test the strength of your product, right? Yeah. So, so that's the story of how one CEO sharing his social security number with the world cost him millions of dollars, but he still built a great company. Well, cheers, Todd. Cheers, Todd. So <laughs> before we wrap it up, I want to point out and thank my sources. You already know I referenced the Phoenix New Times quite a bit. The one article I really liked the most was Ray Stern's article from May 13th, 2010, and it was titled, Cracking LifeLock, Even After a 12 Million Penalty for Deceptive Advertising, the Tempe Company Can't Be Honest About Its Identity Theft Protection Service. I also read an article by Kim Zetter in Wired from May 2010 titled, LifeLock CEO Identity Stolen 13 Times. And the Wikipedia entry for LifeLock was super helpful too. So we will link out to all of those sources in our show notes. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening and don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Please, please, please. On Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you heard, tell your friends to follow us on social media at Will It Stick Podcast and visit us online for that mugshot of Maynard at <laughs> willitstickpodcast.com. I'll put Todd's white teeth up there too for you. <laughs> awesome. Bye. Bye. Bye.